Welcome to the... Oh, fuck. I almost forgot the name. Hold on. It's going to be a good one. We know it. It's going to be a good one. All right. Everybody... Shut uh, up. Should we figure out what uh I've got it what episode number it is? I, I have that. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Welcome to the In the Game Room Podcast, episode number 60. Today we've got a full house. We have Chris as usual. Hello. We have Corey. Hello. We have Michael. How you doing? We have David. Oh, and we have me, of course. Um, the only one you guys, if you've been listening for a while, the only one you don't know is David. He is uh, an employee of the company and uh, and a good friend and uh, one of my Bolt Action buddies that we play here on Sundays. So, so what's everybody been up to as far as uh, any, any gaming going on at all for anyone? Okay, that was that was easy. Moving on. I had a game recent recently. We'll we talk some more about it later. But a, a friend of mine had um, hosted an outdoor game uh, in San Diego. That was a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Played some BattleTech. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, at least it's not Infinity. Yeah, no <laughs> right, kidding. right, Chris. Say, Let me guess, Infinity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Chris has some kind of hard on for Infinity this week. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna schedule a couple games of that then, just so Chris can feel better about it. <laughs> there you go. Um, Corey, no gaming, I don't think, because you're all by yourself uh, out there. Yeah, on the far eastern side of the world. Now I've I've actually gotten a couple of games in of uh, X-wing. Oh. Fantasy flight games. Oh so, right. Uh, we've we've got a a few dedicated. Uh, players and and were able to pull in. I think maybe two or three games of the past month. Oh, nice, nice. So that was a nice, nice uh, break from the norm of of no gaming. Yeah, nice. Do you have a lot of experience with that game. Have you played it a bunch? Yeah, it's the it's the the 1.0, which is now a, a closed system because they they've moved on to to two. I have everything for one and didn't see the need to turn around and buy it all over again and uh, managed to convince a number of my friends that they should also keep all their stuff. So we, we've had experience playing it with uh, over the past couple of years and, you know, it's an easy one to drop into and, and, you know, just kind of forget about things for an hour or two. Right on. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever played that one. I played the, uh, the Star Trek version, which is essentially the same game with different miniatures, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Interesting. And you've got a you've got a special game coming up, I think a month from tomorrow or something, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> so I've got a, a surprise guest uh coming out to Virginia to to play my first game of, of bolt action with me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's gonna be fun. That'll be a good time. Be I'm my excited. first time I'm excited. It'll be my first time out of this state in in over a year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Man, the pressure's hey, you know, on. I was talking to Corey, uh, I think it was last weekend, and he told me about it, and I was going to ask you, Alan. I, I didn't get that invite. You know, I, I, Well, it's I his house. Know. You know, you can talk to him. <laughs> I'm good with you coming out. That would be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> More the merrier. That's right. 
Yeah, well, we'll have a full report on that. That'll that'll be a good time. We'd have to play yeah, Infinity then. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus, man, no infinity. Come on. <laughs> oh, special game just for Chris. I love it. Yeah. You're so generous. Oh so what we've been playing here, um, on the Sundays that I don't cancel for one reason or another, we've been playing bolt action like crazy. So, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much the end of that story. we just been playing bolt action. Been good. Yeah, Alan, is that a game a night, or is that multiple games? Oh, just one game. Oh, just one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just do one every every Sunday. It it takes us about four or five hours every time because there's a lot of bullshit going on. And we're really, really trying to learn the rules. So every time we come against something that, you know, we're not sure about, we'll just stop everything and, you know, and make sure we got it right because David and I are in training for – the the uh, tournament at Nashcon. We're going to get in there and and raise some hell. I think. Nice. Yeah. So, so that's that's that. Um, All right. So let's hear about the let's hear about the Infinity Games. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Tell us all about your Infinity Games, Chris. How many did you play? <laughs> What, have you played anything lately, Chris? No, you haven't? Um, no, I, I, I haven't. Um, what I've been doing, um, you know, I've been, I've been doing a bunch of improvements to the house because, you know, when, when normal world is existing, you know, we go camping a bunch and, and you know, we just do a lot of family things. And so I, I, don't, um, I don't have an opportunity to do stuff at home. And since, um, you know, my very closest gaming buddy decided to pack up and, you know, move forever miles away. Um, I really don't have anybody to play with. Um, let, However, it, let, it go, son, let it go, Chris. Let it go. Let it go. But then but then we've got to add, you know, my, my eldest son is super huge into uh, probably it's even worse than Infinity, but, you know, <laughs> 40K. And so I've been helping him build... Uh, out of foam, like buildings and and some mech and stuff like that. So, which is really neat because I'm able to learn how to use the the razor knife, learn how to use a wire cutter uh, better, and so I can transfer that over into the you know the real gaming community of bolt action and, and uh, black seas, <laughs> right. where the real gamers play. Um, <laughs> And, um, but no, but, uh, so it's been fun. Um, I've been enjoying that, not to mention, you know, it, it's super exciting for him because, you know, it's, it, it, it's been time with my kid and, and learning, you know, learning in new, new techniques and new stuff. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, right on. That's cool. Um, I did order that, uh, that the professor, I think it is on the, uh, that Western game that you've got. Oh yeah. The, yeah, that thing. Um, and Luke or whatever it's called, I forget the name. <laughs> I forget the name of it. Dead too. man's hand. Yeah, dead, dead, dead man's hand. Yeah, David. Dead man's it. hand. There it is. Um, what is but that? I ordered the professor, which is the uh, basically it's the DeLorean and uh, Doctor Brown, and uh, so I painted I painted up the uh, the DeLorean. I haven't taken any pictures of it yet, but that was just it was a lot of fun because just to sit down and 
paint something pretty simple and then be able to add whatever details I wanted to do to it just to, you know, just to make it have, you know, just have fun with it. So it's been fun to kind of do some of that stuff. Right on. That's cool. Um, anybody else been building anything? Well, Corey, I think you've been building some stuff. <laughs> yeah. I've been feverishly trying to finish my, uh, my North African Germans and, uh, so that that's been my uh, my focus here. I've I've got it to a point where I think that it's good, and having never played the game actually. But, right, right. But uh, that time time will tell here. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, your your tanks are looking awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've got way too many. I know that. There's no such thing. But that's okay. <laughs> It's like you just have to play tank too much wars. is just about right. Yeah, we just have to get a game of Tank Wars going someday. There you Did go. Did you say there was a fifth guy on this call? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say too many tanks is just about right. <clears throat> Michael's, plus one. Mike, Michael's got uh, his daughter there too, so we're getting a little extra. So there's actually six on this show. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, let's see what the hell have we been working on here on this end. Well, go... you got your casting going, so that's that's huge news. My what? You casting. casting. Oh yeah, yeah, metal casting. Yeah, well, that's work stuff. I don't want to talk about work. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, it's good to have it up and running. Again. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You are the first customer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I am my best customer. No doubt. Yeah. I think Corey's number two, though. <laughs> might be, might be trying hard. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, been working on. Uh, I've been working on the, the partisan army. That's been really, really fun. Um, something I thought about for a really long time, but there weren't very many miniatures available. And then uh, Warlord came out with their French partisans about a month ago. And then War Games Atlantic, which is a fairly new company, I think we talked about last time. I think um, they came out with a, a box of plastic partisans. So I've just been kit bashing and combining miniatures and and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And they're really fun because there's there's basically no rules as far as you know what what they're wearing and what colors you paint them and that kind of stuff. It's it's like painting civilians. So it's it's been pretty fun and. They're, they're a serious force to be reckoned with in the game. They've got some pretty cool tools they can use. So that's been really fun. And what are you working on, David? Partisans are the, did you say they were French? Uh, mine aren't. Uh, the, well, the figures, are, the figures are supposed to be French, but, I mean, you can use them for Polish, French, right. Russian. I'm using them as Greek partisans. Just, I just jumped up the site and I'm looking at them. Yep, they, that thing looks cool. Yeah. So what are you doing, dude? Uh, I've been working on some micro armor stuff uh, recently. Yeah. And uh, just finished up that Stuart tank about a week ago. Yeah, this did. This dude did a Stuart, one of Warlord Stuarts, and did a paint job on it. It's amazing. It's really, really, really good job. I was pretty impressed. And then, uh, post some pictures. Yeah. Um, 
if actually if you go to the GC Mini site and and look at the Warlord kit, the first four pictures, okay. first four product pictures, I think are his tank. Cause All right. I, they were so much better than the Warlord one. It's <laughs> like I'm gonna switch these pictures where, out. Where on the website? Um, just search for Stuart, and it's probably the easiest way, and it'll be the uh, Warlord M3 Stuart. Um, yeah, we've been working on some, uh, some micro armor too, like he was saying, cause we're doing, uh, we've been playing every once in a while, uh, bolt action tank wars in six millimeter, which is really, really fun. Oh, wow. That's a really nice job on that. Oh, he found it. He found it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Really good paint. Uh, did the, the modulation of the colors and stuff. And then of course all the weathering and stuff. It just, it really came out nice. Nice job. Right. I don't ever get figured on GameCraft miniatures stuff. So, well, you know, if you but, did, but then again, I, I don't paint very well. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you get better by doing it. You, you, you do pretty damn good. Yeah, I've got the eight-foot rule, not not the two or three-foot rule. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, the next county. Right. That's Distance right. and darkness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so well, like I said, uh, we don't have an agenda, so let me just pull something out. Uh, well, Wenski, you you had a topic you wanted to talk about. Hey, Alan, real quick before we get into more Infinity stuff. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask, um, have you seen that um, that Enemy Spotted Studios website? No, I don't believe I have. So check it out at some point. Um, some of the minis look good. Some of them look uh, just too dull, like they, they don't have the crisp edges. They've got some neat vehicles. Enemy Spotted uh, modern stuff and military stuff but um but some of their stuff is really neat do you know what the website is yeah it's enemy spotted oh enemy spotted studios.com i can't type that's okay um it's not good to have dead air anyway i know mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh they want to give me a coupon already Oh now now they want to chat. Oh my god, yeah, they've got some cool stuff. Oh, they're um they're like all digital files. Oh no, they No, they looks like they print them up for you. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely give them a good look for that MRAP. That's, that's kind of cool looking. It's a cool vehicle. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that MRAP is awesome. Yeah, oh nice. All right, I just wanted to bring that to your attention before we uh get into some heavy gaming stuff. Yeah. The uh the guy who did the designs for some of these uh, joined the Friends of the Show Discord. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought his username was Old Greg, but I might be wrong. Um, if you want to chat with him, he's in uh, your Discord. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll definitely... Uh, I'm going to check out that site, and then, yeah, I'll hit him up and say, hey, we're looking for a sculptor. Yeah, yeah they have right. some... Uh, yeah, they have some real interesting, like, modern... Um, automatons like uh there's some on there it says mill spec of yeah. organics and it looks oh, okay. like a, like boston dynamics picked yeah, up, yeah. Uh, right picked up a combat kit 
which you know is going to happen someday. <laughs> yeah, this it's they, cool looking. They do That's some cool. do some good stuff. Modern digital. Okay, so they don't do any World War II stuff. It looks like. No. But could they could probably be talked into it? They probably could be <laughs> for the right amount of money. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, and you're chosen to play modern stuff anyway. Yes, yeah, so a 28 millimeter modern is my my goal. We'll get nice. there. I mean, like 40k. That's pretty oh, modern. Not that modern. <laughs> not that modern. Come on. Chris is an expert kind of terrain for that. On the podcast, Alan? What's that? <laughs> I was just saying, I can't believe you allow that kind of conversation on this podcast. It can it can all be edited. Don't worry. <laughs> you know me; I've never edited anything. This is just right. <laughs> the shit that comes out of our mouth is what you get. That's all there is to it. And Alan, sometimes you don't record either, right? Well, there there <laughs> there, there is that. There is that. But I'm watching the meters; they're moving up and down. Everything seems to be good. Always a good sign. Yeah. Oh my god, that was mean. That was awesome. Your yeah. next order. Well, I'm no longer a freshman, right? Yeah. I've learned my lessons. I don't think there's a podcast on the planet that hasn't recorded a whole show without recording. Yeah. And it's... I honestly feel like that was one of the best shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody had to hear it. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> Yeah, there are at least four people that enjoyed it. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Four, four people the the, the most in, the most important four, exactly. And speaking of that, I'm going to I'm going to pause and restart here for a second, and then we'll go into uh, Michael's uh, segment. So, hold on a second. We'll yes. be right back. Des yeux qui font baisser les miens Un rire qui se perd sur sa bouche Voilà le portrait sans retouche De l'homme auquel j'appartiens Quand il me prend dans ses bras Il me parle tout bas Je vois la vie en Hope you enjoyed the music, as they say. <laughs> so what do you got, Wensky? Uh, for my hobby stuff, I've been or, or, up a couple 
I know you wanted to go into the segment. Oh, whatever. Yeah. What I painted. <laughs> no, go ahead. Whatever. We'll do all of it. Um, do it all. I took a non-metallic metal painting class online in January, and that was uh, really fun. That was from uh, the Miniature Monthly uh, group. Um, okay. So Aaron Lovejoy mm -hmm. taught the class, and it was structured as like a three-hour class on a Saturday. Um, and they record the video and make them available afterward, as well as some recap videos. And then each day after that, uh, they'd give daily feedback to anyone who posts a picture in the Discord channel. Uh, they do like a Photoshop paint over and give you feedback on like how to how to tighten up your non-metallic metal and um, make stuff look shiny, even though it's not reflecting. Right, right. Uh, which was a a good class to cover a lot of topics aside from that, which is a uh, lighting. Uh, brush control and uh, smoothing out blends. So that was a lot of fun. I sent you guys some pictures of that thing that's in progress. And there's something that's been on my paint desk for over two months. Right. Um, you already do a really good job at all of that. So. Thank you. I, I, I'll make sure to post it on uh, Mike Occasionally Paints or my Facebook page for, you know, the anyone that's interested in that sort of thing. But they had us painting a, uh, a female paladin named Fenari, um, available from Reach, Reaper Minis. And it's a really cool model. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And there's a blending class coming up uh, next month that they're teaching. So hopefully I'll be able to paint without as many visible brush strokes. Okay. Or just paint faster. No, One of those. <laughs> Well, nobody else in the whole world can see this right now, but I'm going to show this to David anyways. This is an example of uh, Michael Wensky's painting. Oh, nice. He's pretty fucking good. I'm holding up one of those modern guys you did for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Thank I'm, you for letting me uh, do that for you. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was good. I think those were Empress. Who made those miniatures? Do you remember? Was it Empress? Or no, it wasn't. It. I, don't, I don't remember now. But they're really nice. What's that, was, that modern... Uh, Gosh. Uh, yeah, no. I don't, was it Spectre? I don't think they were Spectres. They might have been, though. I don't know. I thought they, yeah, I thought they were Spectre Ops. Yeah, they might have been. You, you posted them in that group at, when you were showing off your new, uh, your textured bases. Oh, okay. The, okay. Those, those awesome uh, 25 mil um, resin cast bases that you have there. You know those, those uh, hex bases with the urban rubble that everybody loves for the for the BattleTech, those those things are flying off the shelf here. I don't know. I don't know who got the word out, but somebody did. And those those uh, have been, those have been very popular. Uh, I like them. Corey's Corey likes them. I think. I think so. Yep, I've got I've got more than a few. I haven't been painting any of that stuff recently, so I need to get back to it. But no, no, yeah, stay with I, the I bolt like action. Them. Stay with the bolt action. You're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on target. Yeah. Focus, exactly. man. Focus. Well, you were kind enough to give those out as a prize support for one of the the painting contests we had at BattleTech Painting and Customs too. So oh yeah, yeah. I think uh, the folks that painted in that got to they got those shipped to them. So yeah, that was cool. right on. Yeah. That may have helped. Yeah. So the word's getting out, and that's cool. And I'm and I'm glad that they're enjoying them. I don't. I don't personally use hex 
bases, but apparently uh, some people do. I'll have you know, it's incredibly hard to draw a hex if you ever want to make hex-based terrain. Yeah, well, you just uh, use AutoCAD and just tell it. <laughs> Six sides this big, do it. Yeah, AutoCAD's probably a lot better at following those instructions than, uh, than my hand is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, thanks. That's what I've been working on. Um, and I do like those bases for for my projects. Next time I paint up a mech, I'll have to show you the base I get on there. Uh, but the, the topic that I thought would be fun to um, discuss is... Um, I don't know if you guys have this issue, but when I play pickup games with friends, it seems like we bring forces and we kill each other until we're dead or we get tired of killing each other with the guys. And it's it's fun. It's good, like, beer and pretzel uh, right. tactics. But at some point, it feels like it's just... You're not getting that creativity, and you're certainly not acting like a real general because you know, if you had a squad that was just charging across the open, taking casualties... And, you wouldn't do that in real life. You might in war gaming or miniature war gaming, but maybe if those were real people that you cared about, you might treat those. You might use some different tactics. Right, right. Um, you just have to name so, all your miniatures. Yeah, just name everybody. <laughs> yeah, Hate their eyes so go. they have a soul. <laughs> well, that's how it works. I should stop <laughs> taking pictures because it probably just steals their souls again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah that, that, the... that is a real thing, that's for sure. Well, think, I'll think, jump in. You know, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, objective. Objective missions. Throw some objective markers out there, and then you have a reason to fight each other for something. Yeah, I like I like the use of objectives. Um, I haven't tried that in... Or I haven't played Battletech, where we have objectives brought in, so there's at such a focal point that it get, it's more interesting than killing people. Um, and some Infinity missions, I'll bring this up, Chris, because I know how much you love the game. <laughs> like There's some Infinity missions where uh, there's so much work to do objective-wise that you don't have time to go fight because you really need your guys to go like do the special ops mission, extract the data, get back out to the extraction zone and you know make it out alive. You got folks laying down smoke and everything. Um, but one of the, the things we tried recently in Battletech was adding a, a persistence, you know, like a campaign system. So you come in with mm -hmm. a certain amount of forces, and that's your pool. And you got to do these different missions that came with this scenario book. Um, that's things like breakthrough or assassinate a particular target. And now you as a player are motivated to move like a wounded unit off the field because it's way cheaper to fix it than it is to try and buy a replacement. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know if you guys ever ever uh, tried that with other games. Uh, it sounds like Alan and Dave are maybe getting enough repeat games that that might be an option. Well, we well when we started playing here as a group. We, we started like, okay, I'm on this edge, you're on this edge, we just kill each other, okay? And we just, you know, went for that. For months we did that. And then more recently we've, we've started doing the scenarios that 
like the scenarios from the bolt action book that have objectives and things like that. And we've also done a little bit of, um, what's it called, the one-on-one -on -one, uh, firefight. Oh. We started playing firefight a little bit um, because that was, uh, you know, bolt action with one guy equals you know, one guy instead of instead of an entire squad, you move your people all independently, and you do. You give them names. You you have a character sheet sort of thing where you keep track of their skills and their experience and stuff. So you're you're more likely to not sacrifice a dude, you know, just for an objective because you know that same guy might play again next week. So. Um, that's, with a buff stat. Yeah, exactly. With yeah, with more experience and, and extra skills and things like that. So we're we're trying that a little bit right now. We're just concentrating on on actual book scenarios because we want to kind of, you know, train for the train for the tournament. We hope is happening later this year. Actually, get the rules right. Yeah. <laughs> I like the uh, the experience layer. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That that that's one of my favorite things about about um, firefight was that you know the characters, the the guys they they can grow and they can get better at things and stuff, and get more skills. But in Warlord, in their infinite wisdom, killed that game and it's just never going to happen. But we we may keep it alive here. I like it. How do you? Uh... Yeah, Alan. Isn't there a game? like scenario where you need to keep your troops alive the person with the most troops like i mean i know that sounds counterproductive but i thought there was something that you get skill points for having the most people or the most units intact or or on the table or something like that I think straight up kill points yeah straight up kill points or i think there's some well the one we just played last weekend was we, we played sectors and you had to you had to have people alive at the end of the game in certain sectors, and you got points for that. So in indirectly, you got points for keeping people alive, and having them in the right place. Which cause you know that that affects your uh, affects your uh, your strategy, where you just you know you want to get the objective, but you also have to concentrate on keeping those guys alive. So you can't do anything stupid. Corey, you were coming up with something? Yeah, I was going to say two things. One, I thought that the uh, the concept of the what was it, firefight, yeah. the kind of the individual rules, that was kind of attractive to me because I've got a game group um, that gets together, you know, outside of COVID with some regularity and playing, you know, scenarios where each person has, you know, a an individual character and you know, you can play it out in a few hours and, and progress from maybe game to game is is something that, you know, I, I think I would be interested in exploring. You know, so that's that's one of those that as I get in more into bold action, I, I'm definitely going to be paying attention to, you know, what, what that looks like and if there's, um, you know, some opportunity to introduce that to my game. I know, Mike, when, you know, you were talking about Battletech and, We've got a a campaign that's been going on for about two, two and a half years now, and I've been GMing that. And one of the things that, that we've done with that that has caused everybody to be to be invested was that 
each person has two characters or, or two machines that they're you know they're running, and we've got kind of a, a home brewed um, advancement. And the the campaign games that I run are not always symmetrical, you know. So so they may be outgunned and you know they they can't win a firefight, but there's points awarded for you know obtaining the objectives and then also your your damage to vehicles um or to the mechs they've they've only got finite repair equipment and they've got to purchase the equipment to to fix these things so if they get really beat up it can either negate maybe a contract that they've been awarded or it uh you know, can eat heavily into the resources they've got available. So they've got to play with the mindset of, you know, if, if I basically crippled my, my unit and we don't have time to conduct repairs, I'm fielding a crippled unit the next game. And, and that has caused them to be very mindful of, um, you know, how they play them, that it's not just with, you know, thoughtless bravado and, uh, it, it it forces a lot a lot more talk around the the table of not just you know how do we kill this but how do we not let our guys get you know wiped off the map or or you know seriously damaged and and that's been engaging you know that that to me is is part of the fun of kind of the storytelling because it it gives it more of a you know, a real life feel I guess you know there's there's um, consequences for the conduct hmm. yeah in, in uh in firefight there's an interesting thing where if a, if a player dies in the game isn't necessarily die he's a casualty he's taken out of the game but at the end of the mm-hmm. game you go through some die rolls to figure out what happened to him you know and there's a small chance he could actually be dead but in most cases there's some kind of injury or, or something and that will have effects you know, down the road in other games, or it might it might be a minus one to hit every time, or mobility might be mm-hmm. halved or something like that, because of an injury that was you know um, sustained during the game. That make and like you were saying that that makes it where you you kind of got to take care of your guys. <laughs> you don't want them to get hurt because they're gonna play again. Yeah, that seems like an engaging system to me. Yeah, it's it's really fun. We we played it a couple of times, and and we'll do it again. I, it's especially fun for like you know you you get a, a small board that's you know heavy heavy with buildings and terrain and stuff, and you know guys can run around and and do that do their thing, and it's yeah. fun. You get each each guy gets you don't get an individual. It's not one player, one dude. It's one player and like a squad of about five, but the five are independent characters, and you you just play all of them and you play them independently. Whereas normally in bolt action, it's one order die for a squad. In firefight, it's one order die per guy, so you're you're playing them all separately, and I, I think it makes it more fun. Yeah, they all have their own points value, and you know if you want to give them. You, they have like two different advancement tracks you can pick from. Like when they upgrade, um, they can take this skill or this skill. And so as the players progress, they they 
can pick a skill path and kind of upgrade from there. Yeah, it was a genius idea. I don't know why they killed it, but some of the rules were a little quirky. They hadn't quite figured it out yet. Yeah, it's definitely not done. And and I have the I have the full rule book of you know the latest release of what they were working on. So we may keep working on it and and not release it publicly because I don't think we have any right to do that. But we can use it within our little group and uh, you know make something out of it. Yes. I was going to ask where you got the rules from. It sounds like it's a really cool. Uh, yeah, it's got a lot of engaging mechanics. I don't. I don't Did think. You? I don't think I can say who I got the rules from. Uh, I think oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> it fell off the truck somewhere or something. Yeah. It, no. <laughs> fell off the back of a truck somewhere. Yeah. No. It was. Okay. It, it officially from inside. Uh, from inside the, the. The the company, we were doing play oh. play testing and stuff, and then yeah, sadly it just got axed. Uh, a yeah, game like totally. that doesn't sell a lot of miniatures, though. I think that's probably the thinking that they had, but I, right. but, but I think it does in an indirect way. I think it gets more people into the game, and then you know, once you get into, if 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 you were starting out and you started out with firefight, you would buy a starter set that had ten guys in it and a book and some dice and whatever, and then immediately you just start buying more dudes. Because that's that's how we operate, right? <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> there there is no done. Yeah, I think <laughs> no... I think that would be cool for the hobby because you've got, like you said, another another group where maybe you have someone that wants to play, you know, the bolt action version of Metal Gear Solid or some kind of Mission Impossible thing, or you have you know a small group of guys doing something doing an operation so that's cool that's that new market and then it's got something fun for your existing players that already had the minis and you know there could be some that could be the next generation that gets brought in if you start mixing the two at the uh conventions that have the warlord events yeah and i thought it was a perfect gateway for role-playing people to get them into into military Absolutely. war games you know but They're kind of a role-playing light yeah exactly yeah. So, well, that is what it is for now. Maybe it'll come back someday. I mean, they put a lot of work into the book. I'll I'll send you guys copies of the PDF so you can see that. I mean, it's it's a proper, you know, 160-page book, you know. A lot of it's just cut and pasted from Bolt Action. But, you know, they were they were working on it. It was getting there. That's good to see resources going into that because that's that's yeah, better than just the next the next faction or the next um, oh what was the semi fantasy one of uh Tell me what's the the one where you get the crazy uh, nuclear magic technology with World War Two stuff? I'm drawing a oh, blank. Oh, oh uh, uh, conflict twenty seven. When you're like done. Yeah, con yeah, conflict. It's yeah, we're just like that's a cool new genre, but that's still like the same. It's, you're appealing to the same audience of a uh, you know people that want to field, you know, 40 plus miniatures. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. yeah. All right. So any more thoughts on this on, well, we've, we've gone in weird directions, but. Well, I have something that this talk made me want to ask you guys about if we're ready for a new topic. Okay. Um, so I've done some prep for tournaments before. I'm interested in hearing 
from Dave and Alan or anyone else getting ready for bolt action tournaments, what strategies, what exercises are you doing that are really effective? What strategies are you guys working on to explore these rules? And how much time are you spending on rules understanding and research versus new tactics? Uh, I would say knowing the rules and getting them down pat is probably the most beneficial thing to just feel solid that you know exactly what's going on and then you're not futzing around with the book. You know, if somebody has a question, you can be like, nope, it's here. My, my rule book has tabs and highlighter and it's like, okay, here we go. And then, you know, from there, it's just, you never really know what kind of board you're going to be playing on. You don't really know what uh, type of terrain or what mission you're going to be playing. But if you have a solid understanding of the rules and you have a good idea of how the different book scenarios work, if you know how the mission's supposed to be played and you don't get caught up just saying, I'm going to shoot that guy because we're at war and we just shoot each other and I totally forgot about the mission <laughs> that's on that we rolled for or what the TO, you know, told us we need to play and then all of a sudden it's turn 6 and you're nowhere near the objective or you're trying to get off the board or get an objective off the board it's uh, you know, know the scenarios and know the rules. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of rules in any game, but in, in Bolt Action, there's a lot of rules that people just forget, and these rules are of a benefit to you. You know, some people forget about their special national characteristics or things like that, and they just, if you're not, if you're not up on the rules, you're liable to forget something that could help you win the game. And, uh, and, that's, and that's just comes from, you know, a lot of practice. And like David said, um, you know, remembering what your objective is, and not just not just getting in that that tunnel vision fight mode. We've had several games here where, on uh, at the end of turn five, we're all like, "Oh shit, I'm nowhere near the objective, and I can't get there." <laughs> you know, I just forgot about it. You know, <laughs> too busy too busy doing other shit. You know, I yeah. I, I, yeah. I saw I saw a Panzer four, and I got distracted. Ooh, shiny. Yeah, and that happens all the time. And then you realize, like, you know, it's a six-turn game. I'm on turn five, and I, I, I can't get to where I need to be. So, at, I mean, at that point, you know, the game's pretty much over for you. I, I, would, add, I would add to that stuff is obviously you, you need to know your, your rule set um, and, and what your army can do so that, you know, right. you're not following the book like was previously mentioned. But... But knowing what your opponent's rule sets are, and specifically their their national characteristics, their national rules, right? So un and understand them, yeah. Because you could not be paying attention to what they're doing, and they're setting you up for one of their special rules, yeah. Right? Yeah. Or even at set, you know, <laughs> even at setup, you're setting yourself up for. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Oh look, well they've got a preparatory bombardment. So guess what? You know, like you're toast. Um, yeah. And then maybe even the, the TO or the tournament rules, because um, I know like the Snafu guys, when they do theirs, there are very specific things that they put in the rules that tell you what you can and can't bring and what some of the special rules they're going to allow and not allow. 
And I think that, that getting to know the rules in your army is probably core to what's going on. Yeah, and knowing knowing the other guys' rules, that's that can be hard when you go when you're going to a tournament because you don't know who you're going to be up against. But like I know if I know if I was going to play you, uh, Chris, in a game right now, that would be awesome. But if we if we could somehow do that. I'd be reading up on the Japanese rules because it's been so long I've forgotten, and I don't want ninety bamboo spearmen coming at me, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> of, of course, of course you but, would. But I, think, I think there are there are stats out there, and I've heard a couple of different websites talking about them of of the armies that are popular right now. Yes, right. And, and you know, Japanese is one of the ones that is not popular right now. Right. I mean, nobody is really fielding a Japanese army. So, I mean, hit those big ones, obviously, Germans, uh, British, uh, partisans are getting real big right now. Um, so, I mean, I'd be wanting to focus on some of those, you know, those armies so that you know what you're up against, uh, especially with the partisans. I believe the partisans are the ones that have, like, don't they have, like, bombs that they can lay out for you yes, to walk in? Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to want to pay attention to that, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and prepare for every possible eventuality that's going to come. I mean, you don't want to stock up just on dudes and you don't want to stock up just on armor. Like, you know, have a good rounded, you know, field so that you can combat that stuff. Because like Alan and I have played and I, I've laid out because I'm not a big, I don't, I don't bring a lot of armor, a lot of vehicles and have my Japanese out there. And Alan had, I think he had a tank and a, and an armored car or something like that. And just, I was Swiss cheese. Like, he just tore me up. And <laughs> I was I was very frustrated about that because there was nothing I could do, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, you, you've got to pay attention to what, I guess the word is meta, what the meta is and what people are playing and knowing that rule set. Hey, can you guys hear my dog whining? No. Okay, good. Because <laughs> she is. <laughs> I get a little bit. Oh. She sounds cute. I've heard Michael whine a little bit about infinity, but I think that was I think that was you actually. <laughs> um, yeah, oh yeah. Um, I forget. No, the FAQ. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the FAQ is important for whatever game you're playing. Uh, Bolt Action, of course, just released another one, and uh, yeah, you got to know all that. And practice your army. I mean, that's what like I'm building the I'm building the partisan armies now, and I already know that for the for the tournament in August, that's the army I'm going to play. So I'm pretty much going to play that army between now and then to you know figure out how it works and what works and what doesn't work and what I should throw out and what I should add. And, and thank you, you know, with Michael's previous topic, um, I think if you play your army. You know, because I, I was going to make a comment, I play Japanese, and so there there really isn't much other tactic than running and gunning because, you know, that's that's my special rule. Like, I, I, I want to use that to my advantage um, is is charging. And yeah. so that's, that, that is one of the special rules that I get is the bonsai charge. But, um, you know, I was been, I've been reading through uh, the British because I also have the... the you got the eighth, eighth Army guys. Yeah, and trying to figure out how I want, you know, that army to play, and 
and if you you've got to play to your army's strengths, you know, even to Michael's point, like just the, the run and gun thing just isn't going to work for every army. No, you know, just isn't, and you're going to miss out on on the advantages <laughs> that you use your opponent. Take over. I'm going to let her in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want to capitalize on your army special rules for sure. I mean, if you're playing a special army, I mean, if you pick the army and you went through the time to, uh, you know, paint everything and build your list and you just, you know, just capitalize on what they give you for free. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you practice against each other where you go, you know what, I'm going to bring all, I'm going to use this tactic to your best to break it, and let's try to practice game like that? Oh. you have someone make a list specifically to counter yours so you can practice a worst-case scenario? You know, a lot of times we don't really tell each other what, uh, what we're bringing. Uh, there have been times when we know the scenario we're going to play, and we'll kind of build a list around that that worked out really well the last time we were we have two other guys that we play with so we're kind of essentially playing doubles every week um so it's it's not really a true one-on-one -on -one game <laughs> well we're just gonna have to listen to my dog moan i guess she's crazy Alan, they were asking about playing to a certain uh, a certain tactic. Do we practice a certain tactic or anything in our in our games? Yeah. Or do you do you say you know what? I want to test my list, and I'm worried about this countering it. Can you poke holes on it, ease and miss, or whatnot? Um. Sorry, I'm so ignorant of how this game actually plays because the only one I played was the uh, the Star Wars bolt action <laughs> played uh, about a year ago. <laughs> oh, that was that was so fun. Well, Alan's that only got fun. like two games under his belt with his partisan so so far, so he's still trying to hone in, uh, you know, just how how that army plays in general. Yeah, I've got to learn what their strengths are and things like that. Like the last time I, I figured out that I'm going to need more transports because I need to get my guys up the board fast because all of their weapons are very short range. So having them back does nothing for me. You know, they, they can't do anything. So you got to get them up the board as quick as possible. So it's just a matter of, you know, learning how, how the army works. I don't think that answers your question, but that's that's the phase I'm at right now. Well, no, I mean, you know, getting those reps in, right? I mean, just keep playing and playing and playing and playing. You tell your opponent, just try to beat me. Do everything you can. Yeah, hard to replace uh, experience. <laughs> um, how much... Uh, no, I appreciate you talking me through your thought process and where you're at, man enjoying the game and digging deeper because it's like a I don't want to say professional but it takes on a, if you're planning to go to a tournament and play a game that you're going to be proud of and know that you're going to be respectful of your opponent by knowing the rules like you're saying it's good to know like how to approach that so you 
go into there and have a good experience with that turtle. Well, it's also important, too, because you never know how well the other guy knows the rules, and they'll try and pull a fast one over on you sometimes. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had that experience. You have to say, no, that's not how that works, and then you got to get the TO involved, and depending on, you know, how adamant they are about, right. you know, what they well, think the rule I've, is. I've heard, I've heard many times is, is before you even start playing, have a discussion of, you know, what's hard cover, what's soft cover, what's light medium terrain, stuff like that, you know, like, make sure you have a good understanding of the board as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big thing, and try and nip that in the bud before it even comes up. Right. You don't want to have to have a roll-off because, you know, when you're trying to figure out... Can I see through these trees or not? Right. Yeah. The other right. Thing, you the especially other... don't want to find that out turn three after you've already been maneuvering to go to that now yeah. wide-open spot. Right. <laughs> you thought it was a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be horrible. And another thing to think about um, in learning learning the rules and learning them inside and out is if you go to a tournament and you're playing against somebody who's less experienced, you're probably going to beat them. That's probably a given. But the game is a lot more fun when you know when when it when it goes smoothly, and if you can kind of like tutor the guy a little bit or or the gal, um, you know, and and keep the game moving. Maybe they don't know the rules very well, but if you do, you know, you, you just, just, you know, keep it moving and, and it'll be more fun for everybody. And in the end, you kill them. <laughs> nice. But, but, uh, yeah, and I've never, I've only played one tournament in my, in my life and it was a couple of years ago and I didn't know the rules very well then and that that made it, I mean, obviously it made it hard to win, but it also made it less enjoyable, I think. Um, so, well, yeah. you did win round one. I did win round one against the Snafu boys, and that, I'll, rem I'll hold on to that for the rest of my life. <laughs> but did the, you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory after that at the tournament? It was, it, it was, it was grim after that. We won't go into it, but, um, but if I had known the rules a lot better, it, it would have went better for me and I would have had more fun. It was it got a little frustrating towards the end because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, and it totally is a, it'll fry your brain, you know, playing a couple games and you're just constantly just, I don't really know the rules. And so you're constantly frantically checking your book for this or that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it bogs things down and that adds more stress to your playing and then you're losing track of, you know, what you're doing to try and win the game in the first place. That's a lot of self-imposed stress, too. Yeah. Just from, like, feeling like you don't have that time. I don't like that feeling. That's yeah. good point. Well, and so you're I, taking away the fun of the game. You're not, you're not having fun anymore. You're going over rules. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was going for a minute ago. Like, I, I want to have fun, and I want the other person to have fun. And if they don't know the rules, then I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the weird tournament guy that will actually help my opponent, you know, because then you know we'll have fun. And like I said, if if they're inexperienced, you're probably gonna win anyway. So might as well you know have an enjoyable experience for for both 
both sides. Yeah, I like that attitude, Alan. Well, thank you very much. It, it is it is my attitude, and I'm proud of it. <laughs> made it yourself. <laughs> I made it myself. And I got an award for it, actually, at that one tournament. I, I won the sportsmanship thing. Sportsmanship, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm that guy who's not that guy. <laughs> so, what would, for someone new out there to bolt action, what would you say you should do ahead of your tournament, aside from know the rules, know the rules, know your army? Like, I don't want this, a lot of what we said was, you should really understand your rules and these rules and have this amount of experience. Um, and that can come across as kind of like gatekeeping. Like, you must be this tall to enter a tournament. You know? uh, yeah. Um... And, and this is all like, you know, we're getting Alan's perspective on what Alan should do for a tournament, and Dave's and, and Chris's, and we're not saying, like, this is the warlord rule. You must have played 15 games over these six scenarios to enter the tournament. Yeah, I don't, but, uh, I don't. I don't think knowing the rules and knowing your army and stuff like that. I don't think that's gatekeeping in any way. I think. I think, if you have that, in your pocket, you're going to have more fun and you're going to do better. Um, you know, and if you choose to go there, uh, unprepared, well, you pretty much know what's going to happen. Um, no, I think it's just good advice. Just yeah, know your army, know your your rules, knew, know the rules. And, um, and and practice a little bit, you know. Yeah, and it, it, it's kind of almost like a gaming etiquette thing. You know, you don't have to be the best at it, but if you show up and you don't know anything, that's, that's going to frustrate your opponent even if they do know the rules. Yeah, or if you're playing doubles, it, it could frustrate your partner. And I, I know that from personal experience, the, the Adepticon doubles that I that I played in, I think, I think towards the end of the second or third game, I think my partner was getting a little frustrated with me um, because I was playing like an idiot and because I, I was new, you know, and I didn't know much. So yeah, know your rules or, or, just, or just play friendly games, you know, and, and don't, don't get into the tournament yet. Maybe you're not ready. I haven't felt like I was ready for a tournament for, for a long time. I finally now, because we've been playing for the last year, and and frankly, I think most people haven't, I think I'm kind of ready. So we'll find out. And playing with some kind of consistent schedule helps too. Yeah. I mean, just, just to keep everything fresh. Yeah. 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 Thankfully, thankfully though, I mean, if you want to play a tournament, the, the bold action community in general is a, you know, pretty friendly crowd. And there's not a whole lot of gatekeeping. And even if you say, hey, look, I'm really new. I just, I wanted to play the tournament. You know, I'm not, I, I have a base concept of the rules. You know, people, I, I know that I have been that guy. I, I went to my first tournament having not played very much. Kind of, you know, knew the rules. Okay, I it wasn't uh, super well-versed. But... You know, everybody was receptive, and they, you know, tried to help me out, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty welcoming community. It's they not want 40K. To play with. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
no, it it's it it's going to take a lot of stress off yourself, and you know the 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 clock. You know the the probably the the hardest part of the tournament is just playing the clock. You know, don't get don't get too bogged down because you got you got other stuff you got to do. <laughs> but Let's people see. in general are pretty receptive to new players. That's good. How much do uh, the tournaments vary? Or I guess, is there a standard format of a tournament or some pretty set things? Or is there a lot of like, a, so like an a la carte menu where each ter- tournament organizer can say, we're going to use option A here, option B here. Well, as far as point values go, they're generally about a thousand or twelve fifty. Occasionally, fifteen hundred points. That's that's quite a lot. Um, there's twelve basic scenarios in the basic rule book, and they usually use those scenarios. Some some guys like the the Snafu guys are very well known for creating their own, which is cool too. Um, but yeah, you. You know, you'll, you'll know how many points it is in advance. You'll know how many points everybody else is going to have. You'll know that it's going to be one of these 12 scenarios, probably. There's not a whole lot of unknowns, really. No, nothing's going to, you know, jump out and surprise you too much. If it's a well-organized tournament. Yeah, yeah. Will the boards be varied, or will you expect a certain density of buildings. No, in, in most tournaments, the, the boards are very, very varied. <laughs> gotcha. Which, which is interesting because I've seen like, uh, I've seen some flames of war tournaments where there's 20 tables that are identical, which I guess, mm-hmm. there, I guess there's a reason for that. You know, that, that evens the playing field, so to speak. But yeah, in both action tournaments, you'll see like a, a desert board, Next to a Stalingrad winter board, you next know, to a jungle board. Next to a jungle board, you know, yeah, and you don't know who's, you know, your your DAC guys could be playing in the jungle this time, you know, because that's just right. that's the way it came up. And you could be you could be playing, uh, you know, Americans versus Russians, or you know, mm-hmm. Ger- Germans versus Finns, or something. Just that's just the, right. the luck of the way it comes up. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've I've been to some tournaments where you could tell the uh, the organizers started running out of terrain. It's like a, <laughs> there's a dense tr- table, and then the last couple just don't have much terrain. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that happens. I'm sure and you can tell which one they uh, they usually play with because it's painted all nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me um, let me take a real quick break here to stop the recording and restart it and uh, we'll be right back je viens de fermer ma fenêtre le brouillard qui tombe est glacé Jusque dans ma chambre, il pénètre notre chambre où meurt le passé. Je suis seule ce soir avec mes rêves. Je suis seule ce soir sans ton amour. Le jour tombe. 
s'achève Tout se brise Dans mon cœur lourd Je suis seule ce soir Avec ma peine J'ai perdu l'espoir De ton retour Je t'aime encore et pour toujours Ne me laisse pas seule sans ton amour Dans la cheminée le vent pleureux Les roses ses feuilles sans bruit L'horloge en marquant les quarts d'heure D'un son grêle vers ce l'ennui Je suis seule ce soir Avec mes rêves Je suis seule ce soir Sans ton amour Hope you enjoyed the music. Um, just need to do that every once in a while. Make, make sure we're. What's that? You're gonna get in so much trouble <laughs> for doing that. How do you know I'm not gonna actually put some music in there? Yeah, oh, thanks for playing my request. Boys are gonna call you up and be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. That that is that is a, that is a tribute to Snafu. That's right. It is. Well, let's let's not pretend that more than five people listen to this stuff anyway. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I've said my play style is a tribute to Snafu, but I'm not familiar with the the organization or podcast. Oh, well, you should be. Definitely listen to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's they, that, they, that's probably another good tip. Yeah, they're they're 100 percent bolt action. So if you're not if if you're playing Infinity or something dumb like that, then don't bother. <laughs> no, but 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 in in all seriousness, um, they they go through every single one of the theater books, every single one of the army books, the rules, um, and so you know if you want if you want to know what to expect in the game and how to play your army and what your army's about and what the other armies are about. That's a great place to start. Yeah. 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 They're good. Put it on in your car on your way to work and, and you're rocking and rolling. You're going to learn some stuff. Yeah. Every, every episode is specific to a certain book or campaign or something. 
Yeah, they do it. They do a really good job. Ah, that's cool. It sounds like they host tournaments too that are uh, pretty, uh, yeah, pretty well known. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh. That, sorry, that reminded me of another question I wanted to ask. Okay, um, all right. With uh, bolt action, is there, I think in 40K I've heard this term of a net listing, or you go get on the internet and look up the list, and it's going to be very hard to beat that list, and it's less about how well you use it and more did you combine the right, <laughs> did you show up with the right units that's going to make you uh have a, a big advantage against anything but the counter. Um, is that a thing in bolt action, or is it really like how much you are the uh, the general at the table using the tools you brought? Yes, and yes, and yes. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I would say depending on the tournament um, is gonna is gonna you know I, again I'll refer back to Snafu is they actually do things to stop that. I, the meta play or the min maxing like they they put in rules for their own tournament to kind of curtail that and i don't think you can ever stop it um completely but i think they do some stuff and good tournaments will do stuff to stop people from having that and not knowing what you're going to go up against makes that a little difficult too i think you know so you you max out on on uh anti-tank weapons or something and then you go your up again. Doesn't have a tank. Yeah, and your your opponent is is Chris with his bamboo stickman, you know. So it, it, I don't stickman. I, I know you want some. I'm supposed to be making you some for the last two years, I think, or something. But sounds like you'll be bamboozled in that scenario. Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah. We had a, we had a game here a couple of weeks ago or, or a month ago or something where I brought a whole bunch of anti tank weapons and and Dave brought no armor and I was like <laughs> all right I'm I'm fucked <laughs> so yeah so you you know you think you think you're kind of like getting cheesy and turns out you're just screwing yourself it's 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 often better to have you know a wide variety of tools that you can you know put to use. Yeah, that seventy-point Panzer Shrek team really came in handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how much is is anybody pressed for time here? No. Okay. I mean, we've been nope. we've been we've been very bolt action heavy. But one of the things I did want to talk about tonight was uh, a friend of mine from back home, John sent me a list, um, an army list for bolt action for Bulgarians. He's he's played bolt action a few times, I think. I, I hope I'm not misspeaking, but I think he's a fairly new player, and he wants to build a Bulgarian army. So he's putting together a list, and he sent it to me, and I think I sent you guys a copy um, in the text. And I wanted to just kind of run through it and make some comments and, and talk about um, kind of what we were just talking about, having the right tools for the right job and having too much of one thing or not enough of another and see how that applies specifically to this list, which I will put in the, the show notes at uh, inthegameroom.com. So, so anybody, that, anybody that happens to be listening can look and see what, what, what's on this list. Um, so I'll just, I'm just going to go through it and I'm going to make some comments and then you guys chime in if you have anything to add or, or anything different. 
Um, he starts off with a first lieutenant regular with two men. Uh, my first comment on that is take away one of those men, make it a small team, which makes it harder to hit. That, that third man is just making you a, a bigger target, in my opinion. What do you think? Yeah, I'd go along with that. I don't ever take three guys. Yeah. There's a big advantage in bolt action having a small team, which is which is two men or less. It, just, it makes it harder to hit them. So adding that what third. The, what are the special rules for the Bulgarians? Uh, so David's got the book. The Bulgarians. I've got the book here. Um, while he's looking that up, let me go on to the next one. Is three ten-man infantry sections with LMG, Panzerfaust, submachine guns. I'm assuming that means everybody's got submachine guns. There is a Panzerfaust and a LMG. Um, we were talking about this earlier. We're kind of cooling off on LMGs a little bit because of the fact that it takes two men to operate them. So you've got two men at 10 points each right there. That's 20 points. You're adding 20 points to get the LMG. So now you've spent 40 points to have a light machine gun, um, which is a great weapon. It gets you 36 inches of range. It gets you four shots. However, that same 40 points you spent to get that LMG, you could get four dudes with rifles. You still get those four shots. You've got two more guys in your squad, more strength, um, the only thing you're losing is, is that extended range of an LMG. And a sniper target. And, and of course, yeah, an L <laughs> LMG is a really good sniper target, and, you know, one shot can take out that weapon. So, um, so maybe... And I would even say that SMGs are probably... I mean, for me, I... Occasionally I'll have a couple of guys with them, but... Or maybe one unit with them, but I wouldn't have three ten mans with, uh with the SMG. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, I, I believe it just says it just says uh, submachine guns. It doesn't say how many. Um, I'm assuming it's the full squad. I don't know. Now that, yeah. that gets to playing style, too. I mean, like my partisans, they all have SMGs. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you're looking to get up close and personal and just assault people, take the, SMG, take the submachine guns because you get that assault rule. You get to move and shoot, and you get the tough fighter, uh, which, you know, you but get to... 30? 30 guys with SMGs, you, you've got, it's, I mean, that's... It, it's a lot, yeah. Maybe And like I said, maybe... He, not maybe to mention, now you, you've got the shortest range weapon running along with the longest range weapon. Yeah, well, right? that's, yeah. that's, that's a lesson. You've got to have unit cohesion. You're, you're not getting up close and personal if you're using that SMG. Yeah, that's, that's what Alan ran into. Yeah, yeah, that's to, what I ran into this Sunday. That's why I said lose the LMG, because I had a, I had a squad of partisans, two of them, and each one had an LMG. And I found myself stopping and shooting the LMG, you know, at 30-something inches. So now, yeah, and everybody else is just standing around going, we can't do anything. And meanwhile, they're not moving forward the way I want them moving forward. So that's that's why I was saying maybe throw out the LMG. Okay, I got so, those rules up here. Okay, cool. All right, so the Bulgarian Army Special Rules, they have Axis allies outside of rear guard Police work, Bulgarian forces operate mostly exclusively in German-planned and organized operations. To represent this, a Bulgarian force may include one extra unit from either the German list in the Bold Action Rulebook or the Armies of Germany book, or the Italian Eastern Front Theater selector from this book, uh, though no Italian Army special rules apply. Not that you would take that. No. <laughs> this unit does not count towards the normal platoon maximum, 
but it cannot be a veteran unit and cannot be a vehicle with a damage value of 10 plus or greater. So no big, big cats. Yeah, you can have any 9 plus vehicle you want, but leave the Tigers at home. Uh, the other... The other special rule they have is the counterpartisan experts. Yeah, I don't like this one. Yeah. The Bulgarian <laughs> army fought extensively throughout the Balkans in anti-resistance operations, making, an, making it an expert at countering enemy infiltration tactics. To represent this when fighting against Bulgarians, snipers, observers, and spotters cannot use their special deployment rules and must instead de be deployed like the rest of the force. In addition, enemies cannot outflank the Bulgarians, but must always come in from their own table edge when arriving from reserve. That's that's rough. That's that's, that's a, the that's biggie. A, that's a good rule for them. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that SMG forces. I don't know. Yeah, might work. That that I mean, you're getting you're getting a lot of dice on the table if you're head to head. Well, yeah, I mean that yeah, that's 30, 30 guys. That's that's sixty dice. That's a lot of that's a lot of bullets. I think a lot of it depends on play style. You know, if you want to get up in their face, and you're going to be doing a lot of charging or hand to hand combat, it's worth it. But you definitely lose out on the range with the. Yeah. Well, I I don't like it playing the Japanese. I don't want a bunch of SMGs coming up. <laughs> oh, see, <yeah>, exactly. <laughs> I don't want that list. They'll mess you up. Oh, yeah. Sharpen your bamboo, Chris. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, next thing he's got on here is two mounted sections. That's, um, if I'm right, it's four dudes plus an NCO, so five dudes total on horses. Um, that's, it's just a fast transport, I guess, just to get, get your guys up, up the board fast on horses. Can, can they rifles off of the back of those? They, can, they I, cannot. They cannot. No. I, I'm pretty sure that the only only people who can shoot off of horseback are the Mongolian cavalry that the Soviets have. Um, I think most of the time you have to dismount if you're going to shoot, but I'm not positive about that. So yeah, so, these, just a, so, so this is just ten dudes on horses. That's, that's yeah. for 150 points. That's not bad. Get it's like getting a free transport, really. Yeah. One thing to note: uh, the Bulgarians are really scrapped for. Infantry squads. You can have an infantry section, an inexperienced infantry section, and the mounted infantry section, which is your only veteran option if you're the Bulgarians. Plus the one from the German list. Yes, and th well, that that cannot be taken at veteran. Okay. What's that? Was that query? Oh no, I just thought. He had said earlier they couldn't be veteran if, if you're can't. taken off the German list. Okay, so they can't. Okay. Okay. Um, he's got a medium machine gun team on here. Um, that needs to go away. That's too many points. Yeah, if you're going to do it, don't do that. That's a mistake. Uh, definitely not veteran, but I mean, even in any medium machine gun, it costs you in. in Compared to a light machine gun, it costs you almost twice as much to get one more shot. And again, it's a three-man squad, so it's not a small target. Uh, it's not a small unit. So, yeah, I, I think the, the MMG team just has to go away. 
that, that's a lot of dudes you're missing out on. That's right a here. lot of dudes. Yeah, that's you know you could have six or seven more. You know, well, six guys with change. Um, Panzer Shrek team, eh, yeah, yeah. If you, I, if if armor comes, <laughs> you'll be glad you had it, I guess. Yeah. So another thing that the uh, the Bulgarian book or the section in the for the Bulgarians is they're they're pretty stint for anti tank. Yes, you can take Panzerfaust, and I would I would probably lose the ponies and just take the regular infantry section and give them all Panzerfaust if it were me. Yeah. Because that Panzer Shrek team It's expensive it's too. It's expensive. You can get you know the Panzerfaust also gives you the tank hunter rule just for having that in the section. So that's a lot cheaper than if you have to buy anti tank grenades. You know it But he's getting he's getting ten dudes up the field pretty quick. If if it's a five man team and he's got two you're getting ten dudes up there pretty quick. Well, you could buy a truck. Yeah, I mean, for yeah, the extra fifteen points for the horse that you can't get uh, back on, you know, you can put true. you can put a full squad in a truck for thirty-one points. And the, and the, and the thirty-nine the, if you take it regular. The I truck, guess. you know, if, if you give the truck a pintle mount machine gun, then the truck can still do something after your guys get off. Yeah, a truck can tow your artillery. It can't. You can't put your guys in, in the truck and tow your artillery. But you know the truck is, a little more useful, probably than the horses. Um, that's just my two cents. Yeah. My 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 guess here. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying, once you get off that horse, that horse, that point's gone. It just yeah. goes away. Yeah. Um. My my guess here is he was trying to get as much veteran units he could in this list. Um, but I would probably just you know take take the uh, take your regular infantry sections, max them out, give them all Panzerfausts, you know, and then spend those extra points that you would have spent on the horses on your armor. You know, you have some. Well, we'll get to that yeah, down this yeah, list. That's but the last one. Yeah, you know, you, there, there are way better options. Yeah, um, sniper team, of course, that's that's fine. Um, veteran, I, I rarely take a veteran sniper, but um, a little harder to it's kill. It's just a little harder to kill, so I guess that's that's not a bad move at all. Um, medium mortar. He doesn't say with spotter, but I would assume. Um, if he didn't pay the ten points for a spotter, he should. It's it's pretty. Uh, it's hard to use a mortar without one. Dip into your MMG team. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, medium artillery with spotter. That's fine. Forward observer. Um, for those that don't know, that when you buy a forward observer, that you're buying off-board artillery barrage, which is very very effective <laughs> in most cases. Um, the British get it for free. That's why I, I, I use it with my six, my Indians. But basically it means that at one point during the game you can designate a target and next turn you may or may not get an artillery barrage on that target and it does an amazing amount of uh, damage. If it comes in if, on if, target. If it comes in on target. Yeah, it, it, can, it can do some other bad things too. But for 120 points it's a, it's, it's a nice thing to have. Especially if you have a bunch of points left over and you just need to fill it 
you yeah. know, spend them on something. Yeah, and it is another order dice. Um, and then the last one is this this tank. Um, this tank is cheap, but it has a light anti-tank gun, which is not of a lot of use, and a medium machine gun coaxial. And what that means is every turn you have to choose which of those two weapons you're going to fire. You can't fire both. So basically, you've got a 135-point light anti-tank gun, light anti-tank gun, or light machine or medium machine gun, and I don't, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a good deal. If you can shave points elsewhere and upgrade that to something good, like a Panzer III or something like that, you're in a, a lot better position, I think. Don't you think? Yeah, I would totally use my, you know, Axis. Uh, ally rule to have access to Panzer III it, or a Hetzer. Yeah, or, yeah they, they, they have armored car options. They have tank options. There's way any of those German tanks are going to be leaps and bounds better than that. that, that French I, li I like the idea of having an option, I think, because you know, with the option, it's obviously a less costed unit. Um, because if you've got somebody that's got some transports, you've got the the, the light anti-tank to start dealing with some of that. But you've also got the, the what is it, a heavy or a light uh, medium machine gun? Medium. So, I mean, you, you can also deal with units depending on what's going to be on the table if this is a tournament list. Um, one of the questions I had, and maybe this is, you know, I don't have a ton of experience with it, but I like officers with this many dudes. What about what about having an additional officer in that mix so that he can start snap to actioning all over the place? Or just a, well, no, he's well, a, he's already at first lieutenant, so he can snap two units. Right. Um, so but that, what, what about but just what about a, just a second officer? Right. You could do. I think you'd have if to they do. Have access to that. I'm, oh, you'd have to take a second. Now you're moving, you're moving six units. Yeah. Um. You can definitely do it with a second platoon. Um, if your tournament allows it. If your tournament it. allows it, yeah. Um, or they may they may have the option to, to, to bring a higher officer, but those are expensive. Your captains and majors. Some, we're, we're checking the list right now. Okay. Yeah, you could take a captain or a major. Yeah, you could do that, but that, yeah, it's a lot of points, ain't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what does what what a captain run, or a major run? Uh, let's see. A captain is uh, an additional 95 points in experienced. Ooh. Uh, 110 if you take them regular, and 125 if you take them veteran. And a major is, major starts at 135, 150, okay. 165. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know, 110 is not bad. 110 You're is moving not six bad. units now on your one dice pool, or on two dice pool, you can move six units. Like, yeah. That's, if you want to be if, that, if, if, wanna, if they're in range. Yeah. If you want to be yeah. that, if you want to be that guy. I want to be that guy. If I'm running ground, <laughs> I want to be that guy. There you go. Oh yeah. That's something to consider. Yeah, a hundred and yeah, with your SMG squads, hundred and ten point that. captain, right. and a captain has twelve inch range, I believe. Yeah, I think both the higher officers. Do yeah. That. And he can snap two or three units. Whatever it is, it's yeah. That that's a consideration. Yeah, upgrade upgrade that tank. Maybe get a captain. Get rid of the medium machine gun. 
Uh, what else? Get rid of the LMG from the 10-man squads. Yep. Might all work out with the same points or close. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I would consider getting a couple trucks instead of the instead of the Calgary unit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the trucks. Right. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a solid list as it is. I mean, it would work. And there might be times where you wish you had a medium machine gun. I'm not sure, but I, I think that has to go. Yeah. Well, and, and and I wonder too if they if he just picked from the units in the Axis and Ally uh, the Axis Italy and the Axis book here uh, instead of because he he didn't take advantage of his German ally rule at all um, in in this particular list unless one of these so in, this, in this book does every one of these units have a picture next to it. No. You say he's an inexperienced player. The only reason why I say that is, yeah, I remember when I first started, I was looking at you know the, what the tanks cool. that they have, and I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. But yeah, then no, they don't. Start no. Meeting, you're like, no, I am not doing that. No, there are actually zero <laughs> pictures. Zero. Yeah, this is actually one the... of one of the one of the older um, army books. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just their 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 options are pretty pretty slim. Uh, as far as what they can actually take, but with their rules and stuff, I think it's a pretty solid uh, force. I think I, I don't want to go against it. Well, I I do because he's my friend. I don't want to go against it. I, I, Not I, if we I, made if you made some of those adjustments. <laughs> yeah, I would go up against this list. <laughs> maybe in maybe in September at Strategicon, I'll bring my I'll bring my uh, partisans and he'll bring this and we'll have a good time. You can take but, three turns getting up the board to. So John. That's our uh, maybe take one of the guys out of your out of your officer group, take out your LMGs from your infantry sections if you want, get rid of the MMG completely. Uh, Panzer Shrek team can probably go also. Make sure you got a spotter for your medium mortar, and upgrade that tank to something cool. That that French thing is ridiculous. <laughs> Anything else, guys? No. It, it's interesting for me to listen through it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be living this list making very soon. Oh yes. <laughs> the army's your friend. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm just gonna give these guys a shout out. You know, if you're interested in list building and playing competitively and everything, another podcast to check out is the Juggernaut Blood oh, yeah. Action Podcast. Yeah, they're good. These guys are a riot, <laughs> and they really know be their warned. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Be warned. The, yeah, if you're Language. if you're easily offended, you know, listen to something else. But uh, right. it's entertaining. Yeah, they 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 have a lot of they have a lot of good stuff, and they a lot they go through the army books and stuff just like the uh, just like the snafu guys, but with a little saltier. They're just uh, you know they're in the UK, so they're uh, you know slightly different <laughs> meta over there, but it's uh, you know. Solid podcast, and there's a couple of couple of guys in that group that are you know they're top level players. They're you know they're yeah. they're they're known in the tournament circuit, so it's, so it's good to listen. It, it's their podcast is is all about competitive play. I I I think it's fair to say. 
So if you're into that, then there you go. And they and they also have a website um, that you can go and use their what basically what they've done is they've kind of nerfed some of the stupid rules um, that they rules that they feel are either antiquated or not not adding to the fun of the game and uh, they, they share those rules. Oh yeah, they have the, the Jugger format. Yeah, yeah, they have their yeah, sort of their house format. rules you can download. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Alright guys, um, well I think we've uh, gone on for quite a bit here. This is going to be a long one, and uh, but it's been good. Uh, anybody got anything they want to add at the, here at the end? No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Alright, right, don't everybody talk at once. I had a good time. I feel like we covered a lot. Oh, we definitely, definitely did. And uh, well, I'm not even going to say it. No, I am going to say it. Let's do it again soon. Because yeah. we never do. Well, thanks for letting me well, uh, join you, you guys. Let's, nice let's to meet you, Dave. After you get back from Corey's place. We definitely have to do something after that and a little, a little wrap-up of how that went for sure. Because, I mean, that's a month away. We should do something in between. We'll figure it out. Okay, good. I'm going to do the uh, the closing, and thank you everybody who's listening, all three of you, or however many there are. Thank you to our Patreon, Patron, Patreon, Patron, what, I don't, what are they called? Those Patreon Patron, yeah. Patrons uh, on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, Mike, if you're out there. <laughs> um, here. There you go, and uh, and thank you, John, for the for sending me your list. Gave us a little topic to go over. That was fun and perfect timing. And uh, that's about it. Everybody out there, keep on gaming. <laughs>